This podcast is brought to you by Kloss. If you're looking to get more out of your harvesting operation, there's no brighter solution than the all-new Lexion Combine. Hey folks, Machine Repeat here. Welcome to our Machine Repeat podcast, episode number 31. Thanks for stopping by, giving us a listen. I hope January 2021 is off to a decent start for you. Um, Yeah, time just keeps flying by here, but I think we've got a show today you're going to enjoy. Something a little different. Now, I've been covering machinery auctions, uh, pushing 31 and a half years now. And if you wind this back when I started, I was 23 years old. It was November 1989 when I started. Now, the word auction, back when I started, we were, you know, again, I mean, literally weeks from the end of the 1980s. And the connotation of the word auction, of course, was very problematic in that uh, during the farm crisis of the 80s, very challenging time. So again, as I started to compile auction prices, I was very sensitive to the the whole dynamic around uh, the word. And, uh, you know, part of it was just being young. I was 23. I was learning as I went. But it's been fascinating over three plus decades now to to just kind of observe this very dynamic, uh, you know, business method, the auction method of selling. And as it pertains particularly to our segment, the farm machinery and farmland, just been a, a fascinating study. Now, I started to notice, I guess I would say the first time that I noticed uh, anecdotally that the word auction was shifting, uh, measurably so, away from that from that past 80s negative connotation. And I can pinpoint it for you. It was actually, uh, it was actually December 7th of 2007. And you might say, well, that's, you know, that's odd. How can you pinpoint it to one day, Pete? Well, I tell you what, it was a farm auction, a retirement sale in Paris, Illinois. It was a, it was a sale by our friends at Moss Auction Team. That was Matt and his father, Larry. Great guy. has been very helpful all the way back to when I started 30-some years ago. Now, Larry uh, since passed away at the age of 76 on August 26, 2014. Just a gentleman. Uh, really enjoyed dealing with Larry over the years and uh, always with Matt. Great, great folks. But they called me right after that sale, or it might have been an email, with a note, a sale price report, and kind of like, hey, Pete, here's what everything brought on the sale. And again, it was a retirement sale, and there was one tractor on the sale. I guess you'd say it was the lead tractor. It was a 1995 Case H 7220 Magnum, 1830 hours, just beautiful condition. And it sold for 70000 bucks. Now, I remember at the time looking at that, and I was like, wow, that's super strong. That was the second highest auction price I'd ever seen up to that point. Again, early first week of December 2007, second highest auction price ever on a 7220. And in fact, the only higher one was 71000 set uh, three weeks before on a farm auction in Lenox, South Dakota, or a 96 model 7220. Uh, I think it had 2,200 hours, brought 71K. Joel Westra sold that one. But anyway, back to the Paris, Illinois uh, sale. Matt Moss, the auctioneer, besides the sale price of 70000 he said, Pete, the owner, as the tractor was selling, was standing off to the side and had tears coming down his cheeks. And, of course, auctions are, can be you know a mix of powerful emotions, no question. Uh, but... What Matt indicated 
was that these were tears of joy, you know, for a farm retirement auction, uh, a life, a career well lived and spent in the farming industry. And here you are having your retirement sale and you're watching your beloved tractor just sell way beyond expectation, the buying frenzy to acquire it. And of course, we have to remember now the first week of December 2007, now, it was about three weeks after the light switch went off. Commodity prices went up. At the time, of course, it was ethanol, the big ethanol push. And money was flowing into the system, and auction prices were exploding higher. But in amongst that avalanche of strong sales was this personal note from Matt Moss. Uh, tears of joy from a seller, just overwhelmed at his own auction. Now, I start with that today because our topic is a little different. Again, I've been covering auctions almost 31 and a half years, uh, all types of auctions. But today we have a special guest, David McCubbin, from down near Marshalltown, Iowa. Now, if that name sounds familiar, it might ring a bell because David's farm retirement auction actually was last month, at least last month as I record this, it was December 16th, 2020. Now, it was an online farm retirement auction by our good friends at Sullivan Auctioneers, again, down around the Marshalltown, Iowa area. Now, honestly, December of 2020 was kind of a mirror image of December of 2007, to, to be quite honest. Um, it was one of the three hottest probably months I've ever seen. One was December of 07, and then probably March of 13, uh, kind of December of 12 to March of 13, right in that window. I think that's still, to me, the top of the used equipment market, highest auction prices I've ever seen. Uh, but And right now, uh, December of 2020 into January of 2021, of course, markets have been uh, a nice surprise. have been moving higher after a stretch of, you know, kind of uh, extended stretch of uh, difficult profitability. So a, a welcome shift. But again, it was interesting. So David McCubbin sent me a very nice note after his sale. Again, it was December 16th, and I'll just give you a couple of examples. Now, David had beautiful machinery, and of course, Sullivan's, you know, they do an awesome job marketing the heck out of the sales. And just to give you an idea how nice the sale was, David had a 2001 John Deere 8110 tractor, mechanical front, 4,612 hours. So, you know, decent hours, not crazy low. But that went for 92500 bucks, highest auction price in exactly seven years on a John Deere 8110. In fact, you had to go back to December 12th of 2013 in Middleton, Missouri, another Sullivan auctioneer sale at that time, a 2000 model 8110, 2967 hours brought 97 k So again, David McCubbin's 8110 at 92.5, highest in seven years. David also had a John Deere 8400 that was really sweet, a 97 model, 5,053 hours. Again, you know, not low hours, but not crazy low. And that John Deere 8400 sold for 87.5, and that, that was the highest auction price all of last year on a John Deere 8400. An interesting side note, um, I went to machinerypeat.com, our website, of course, and clicked on auction price data, which, again, I'll just remind you folks listening out there, it's all free now. You can hop in and there's almost 800,000 auction prices updated every day. Anyway, I punched up John Deere 8400 tractors. There's filters you can use, and so I, I 
I went the last six years and said, show me the highest prices on 8,400s. And that 87.5, it was the highest last year, but the fourth highest the last six years. And a real interesting side note, four of the top five highest auction prices the last six years on a John Deere 8,400 sold by our friends at Sullivan Auctioneers. So I guess a sweet spot there for uh, Dan and the boys there in Hamilton, Illinois. But again, they do an awesome job. So again, everything on David McCubbin's sale was in beautiful condition. And I was just curious. I wanted to call David, and that's the interview we have coming up here, and just kind of talk about the emotion of having a retirement sale. Now again, David's was December 16th, 2020. It was an online sale, which I think when they were planning the sale, they didn't, you know, I'm sure David expected it to be a regular old physical auction. So what was that like? having to deal with the online, oh my gosh, is anyone going to click the button? What's going to happen here? Um, so really fascinating to talk to David about that. But then also just the human emotion, you know, what went into deciding that now was the right time to have your retirement sale? There's of course, so many different things involved over the years. We've seen them all, you know, all valid. Uh, you know, could be health reasons, could be financial, you know, any number of things like that. But David, again, was very kind with his time and honest with his feelings. And I, I, what I'm hoping is that a discussion like this can maybe provide some insight. I think one of the things, I don't know if you folks out there are listening or anything like me, maybe a little bit too independent for our own good sometimes. You know, we live, we're in an industry where we pride ourselves on getting things done on our own, which is awesome. I mean... Frankly, we all know America needs way more of this type of attitude, but that uh, independence sometimes precludes us from getting needed feedback, whether that's from a trusted friend, a family member, or quite often just from other people, you know, and relaying their emotions having gone through things like a farm retirement auction. So let's go now to my uh, interview conversation with David McCubbin from Marshalltown, Iowa, about uh, about his auction last month. Most of you have been farming long enough to know that technology doesn't always work the way it's supposed to and can lead to more headaches than efficiencies. Are you ready for precision ag technology that works? How about a way to make a long planting season, harvest season, and every season in between more enjoyable? Ag Leader gets it and provides a technology solution that can be used across different colored machinery and in various seasons and field activities. Talk to your local Ag Leader dealer or visit agleader.com for more information. Ag Leader, technology that works. Still using bias tires? Switch your farm to premium radial farm tires from Firestone Ag for the upcoming growing season. Radial tires offer significant benefits over bias tires from better traction and reduced soil compaction to longer tread wear and increased fuel efficiency. Just head to your local certified Firestone Ag tire dealer to learn more about which radial product is best suited for your operation. From the new Maxi Traction and Performer Evo to the Destination Farm Radial Implement, Destination Turf, or Radial Deep Tread 23 degree, Firestone Ag has the right radial farm tire for you. Visit FirestoneAg.com for more details. Hey folks, I want to welcome our guest on the podcast today, David McCubbin from down near uh, Green Mountain, Iowa. David, uh, thanks for being with us today. You bet. And David, I'm I. Happy. I have to thank you. You sent me a very 
uh, kind email here a couple weeks ago, uh, and it was a few weeks after your auction, your online retirement auction, which was, I think it was December 16th, 2020. Is that right? Is that, okay. And, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a great note, David. Um, you know, we went back and forth talking about some of the equipment on your sale, which was just beautiful equipment. We'll talk about some of that in a bit here. But I was intrigued, David, uh, just having a deeper conversation about, you know, kind of the thought process of leading up to a retirement auction, what goes into it, you know, in your own case. Now, David, let's see, you and your wife, Sharon, is that correct? That's right. And DFM Farms, uh, that, was, that was the name of your farm. Yeah, that was a, that's a good corporation. Okay. okay. Actually owned all the equipment. So. Okay. Now, first I have to ask you about Green Mountain, Iowa. Uh, honestly, I, I don't think I've ever heard of Green Mountain. What, that's by well, Marshalltown? It's pretty small. It's, uh, it used to, used to be it wasn't even on a lot of the maps. I don't know if it's anymore if it's on all of them or not, but uh, it's an unincorporated uh, village tech, technically. Okay. It's about a mile away. That's where I went to school and grew up about a mile on the other side of it. Nice. So. Is Sharon from the, the same area? Uh, she's about 15 miles farther south. Okay. What's the population of Green Mountain these days? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I'm guessing. I don't know if there's 200 people. Okay. I doubt it. I, I kind of doubt it. And you guys are, you're uh, how far from Marshalltown there? We're about six miles North of Marshall, northeast of Marshalltown. Okay, so central Iowa. That's that's what you guys. You, want. you bet. We're just right, right on the edge of seed corn country. The best soils in the state, and uh, that's that's the place. That's the place to be. Okay, and David, you are. Am I right? You're seventy two years old. Yeah, I'm afraid so. <laughs> well, you're you're young, my friend. That's uh, that's uh, you just now the retirement auction. Uh, what what was the thinking there, David? Did it was it a long process to decide when to retire, or did it happen quickly? Well, um, we'd been you know we'd been toying with it and talking about it, my wife and I, for maybe a a year or so. But it it happened kind of quick. We just finally decided it just. Uh, I guess I tend to say it wasn't as much fun as it used to be. Hmm. We, we backed off on, on acres, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe eight or ten years ago. We we backed off a little bit uh, leading up to it that, that kind of helped us see what it was like. We, we quit, let's see, I think first thing I did is quit spraying. Okay. Sold my, sold my high-clearance sprayer about three years ago, and... and uh, my nephew and his son did this did the spraying, and uh, well, then I had them do some of the tillage in the fall, and uh, put on some anhydrous in the spring, and so we did we did back off a little bit that way. So I guess the sprayer was the first thing we let go. Uh, okay, and uh, felt like I had felt like we were we'd made a big change just doing that. Okay, spraying right so. It, uh, yeah, I've just been so interested, David, over my 30 years visiting with folks around the country about, you know, their retirement sales. And some folks, it seems, you know, it's a long process. Others, it's just kind of wake up one day and uh, they decide it feels right. And, um, 
So you guys, uh, now your sale was December 16th. Now, let's talk a little bit, David. Uh, so 2020, of course, the pandemic, uh, COVID-19. Um, so your sale was an online auction with our friends at Sullivan Auctioneers. Um, when did you, like, I guess, contract the date? At that point, did you know it was going to be online, or were you hoping to have a physical auction? Well, we really had – no, we, we – I was aware of Sullivan was having an online auction. We – we decided probably by spring, we decided spring 2020, somewhere in there, we okay. decided this, this is going to happen. Okay. But I actually, uh, I had not made a phone call. I had not talked to an auctioneer. And it was, uh, gosh, we had the derecho storm in August 10th, I think it was. Oh, right. We lost three of our four grain bins then. And, of course, mm. stuff on the corn crop. Um, it was September. It was the first part of September when I finally decided, look, are you going to do this or not? It's probably too late, probably too late to do it this year. We, we knew we were going to do it, but you know, there's a lot of options. You can right. sell stuff on, you can sell stuff by yourself, piece right. it out over a few years. You can, you can take it to a consignment auction. You can do a lot of different things. And yeah. I just was dragging my feet. All of a sudden, I just picked up the phone and, and called uh, Sullivan and talked to Dan, Dan and found that we were not too late yeah. to get something going this year. And that's where it started. So that's uh, you picked up the phone and reached out in September. And in three months, you organized and had the sale and, and got it all done. And very successful sale. Um, that... Uh, yeah, quite a year, 2020 here. I I've, I didn't put that together that you guys in central Iowa there, right in the line of the storm in August, you said you lost three bins? Yeah, we had four bins down here, lost all three of the biggest ones, and um, just completely wow. demolished. Two of them are ended up out in the cornfield, and the other ones, we haven't not actually taken it down yet, but it's been totaled out too. Okay. And the electric the electrical system that went with it, the three-phase panels, all that. Were all you that were you and Sharon on the farm at home when the storm hit? Yes, we were here in the house, and we did not have hardly any house damage, and, and, okay. and no damage to the, the big uh, machine shed either. Hmm. What did they? What did you hear? The local chatter. What did the wind speeds get up to around Marshalltown there? Oh, I can't remember. This is 120. Wow. It was was tossed around. I don't. Re- I think maybe that was documented. And this is the second one of these we had. We had one nine years ago uh-huh. that came through here. Okay, terribly devastating. Exactly one month earlier. Uh-huh. That one. That one actually destroyed more grain elevators uh, in the area than this one did. I think. Wow. Uh, grain bins. We lost. Uh, half of one grain bin in that one there was a lot of damage nine years ago so uh, mm. we've, we've had enough of these yeah uh, no more of those we've had enough right well um, now one thing I found really interesting in your note to me David about the auction on December 16th uh, you mentioned that uh, one, approximately a third of the buyers never came to look at your equipment that's right. They never came, and in many cases, they never even phoned. 
And wow. I would say, a th- a, when I say a third, I mean, a th- well, fully a third of the value of, of the big items, the major items. Yeah. There's like, there's like 88 items, I think, but there's only right. about 15. 15 is where most of the money is. And right. uh, the planner, for example, yep. um, and it went for pretty good money. And uh, the, uh, the guy came, I said, man, I don't, I don't think I recognize you or talk to you. No, I said, I never called you and uh, never came up. And, and actually, he was within, uh, I don't know, 50, 75 miles. Okay. Uh, the combine was purchased from a gentleman in the Indianapolis area. Now, the, combine, the combine was a 13 model S550, 2002 engine hours, 102,000 bucks. Uh, and that guy was from central Indiana? Yeah, the, the trucker told me it was, I didn't know just where in Indiana, but uh, he said it was in the Indianapolis area, Okay, I believe. Okay. And he phoned me after the auction. After? Wanted to know if, after, wanted to know if, after he bought it. He said, uh, I think I know what I did or something like that, but uh, let me know if there's anything uh, that isn't right or anything needs fixed. Uh, is there something I need to know? So okay. I mentioned, I mentioned a couple little things and... Uh, Thought of one other one later before he picked it up. Told him that one, and uh, I think the tractor. I'm trying to remember. I don't think it went over in the St. Louis area into Illinois. Is that the eighty-two thirty-five? Yeah, I don't believe he could. Now this was a new tractor. That was uh, the, what I call the new tractor. Right. The uh, the you know uh, seven-year-old one. Yeah, the um, twenty thirteen eighty-two thirty-five R. Right, and I he never. He never called. I think he might have called the morning of the auction, maybe an hour ahead of time, and asked a couple questions. Okay. And that was just, uh, you know, that that's just kind of the way it, the way it was. Hmm. Well, I, I found it when we before we started the recording, David. I, I found a comment you made interesting about a combine buyer from Indiana who called you after he bought it. Did he? Talk about that. He said he sort of looked at your whole line of equipment and kind of got comfort in that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was one that mentioned that. I, there was there was a couple others that mentioned that, and uh, some people that came and looked at something and they would want to know about what they were looking at and have me tell them the story or whatever. And then a couple of them said, "Well, I've kind of looked at all your other stuff here," and uh, since I pretty much believe everything you're telling me because everything looks kind of consistent it all right. looks like it's cared for you know about the right. same and so forth right and then and uh, Sullivan had a lot of photographs too I mean they take excellent photos and, and had uh, oh I think there was around 30 photographs of most of the equipment more than that of the combine and you know all the different angles and close-ups and there's right. rust on the frame you know you can tell it right uh, that makes a huge huge difference doesn't it yeah yeah i find uh the difference in going that extra mile to post the 20 30 pictures versus you know two um i guess that gives a guy three states away confidence to to you know buy without uh, talking to the owner first i guess pretty amazing the days we live in isn't it Yes, it is. Although you know what amazed me. Now you get, you get to recall a lot. A lot of these people that came and looked at our stuff. There was kind of a two-day open house. Yep. And then several of the people that called. Uh, 
I got to thinking, what am I doing quitting farming? There's fully half these people, or maybe more, that are older than I am, and they're looking at buying this equipment. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to keep on farming. Now, a lot of times those people were not familiar with the computer that much or the online auction. Hmm. And uh, and they would call and they'd be asking me some question about something, and, and I would say, would you look at those photographs? Well, just, just the one, and they didn't realize till I mentioned it, the, you know, you click on the photograph in the catalog and it opens up a whole slideshow. Right. Uh, I was kind of surprised for as long as the online format's been around, how many people still weren't, were not aware of all the, hmm. of all of that, you know? Interesting. Of course, Sullivan, uh, you know, Sullivan's, they get the word out in, you know, they go the extra mile there too with their mailing list. Just unbelievable. Um, and of course, online bidding. No buyer's fee too on the online bid. That when they announced that back in March, I thought, well, I knew what would happen. It would really help things. But um, I guess that makes a guy two, three states away save a little money too when they're buying some good equipment like yours on an online auction, David. Yeah, I tell you, the online thing was. I had my moments uh, when I I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I remember, I, I don't mean I didn't know what was going yeah. on, but I just was apprehensive. It, sure. it started about, oh, probably two weeks. My stuff was cataloged earlier than most auctions because most of the photographs they took, almost all of them, they took back in September. Okay. Before harvest, we had everything cleaned up and, and ready to, for all that. Yeah. So they don't usually put the actual catalog and all those photos on. To, I don't. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Right. Maybe two weeks ahead of time. Right. Mine was on there about a month, but okay. nothing much happened. And I think it was about a week, ten days out from the auction. And man, some a lot of stuff didn't have many bids. And I remember calling uh, calling Matt Sullivan. I says, "Man, that's, I'm just getting nervous." He says, "You know, David, we've been through this before." <laughs> and of course. I'd not been through it before. Right. That's what you got to realize. It's, right. it's, this is a once-in-a-lifetime deal. Right. He says we've got plenty of bidders. There's plenty of, you know, there's there's plenty of bidder base. You just don't even look at that right. catalog. I don't even look at that anymore. For oh. I think he said till the morning of the auction. Well, I managed to wait quite a few days. I actually did it. I waited and I waited. I did not turn the well, I had the computer on, but I didn't go to that. Okay. And finally, it was a, just a two, three days before I couldn't resist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I did, and things had changed drastically. And then, of course, it, it just all it happens at the end, you know, the, right. the night before, the morning of. I mean, it's just right. amazing. So now, David, you, you said you're 72 years old. And just for some background here, how would you describe yourself in terms of technology, cell phones, computers? Do you lean in big time to the technology or are you a little bit not so computerish? How would you, what would you say? Oh, uh, I, I would say I'm pretty computer literate. I probably, I probably own one of the, well, I would have been a farmer on the front end of the computer thing. Okay. As far as that part of it, cell phones and stuff, but in some ways, I've, I've not taken hold of it. A lot, a lot of the uh, precision farming stuff. Uh, I got about so far into it and decided uh, that's it. I'm not going any farther. Right. You right. know, so sure. I haven't kept up with sure. that. 
the online auction thing, I've for other reasons besides machinery auction, I've been familiar with it for a long time. Okay. Have you yourself ever bought uh, equipment online, whether private or auction? I don't think I've ever bought equipment. I have bought a lot of other, no big dollar items that I can think of. Okay. But I have I have watched the auctions and I've bought a lot of a lot of small stuff. Okay. But, uh, well, David, what a question for you here. So now you've gone through it. Um, you know, had a retirement sales successful online auction. Um, you obviously, you know, familiar with the way before online auctions were the physical auction. What do you think five, 10, 20 years from now, the, the landscape will be in terms of retirement auctions? Do you think it'll be all online? Do you think just what's your, oh, what's think, your gut say? I think within, I think within five years of live auctions are, are going to, I just think they're really going to fade away. I, I, when I think about it, the, the, the uh, you see, with a live auction, I would have had all the same fears. Uh, well, gosh, what, the only thing is, I wouldn't have seen any bids until, yeah. until you know, That's three true. minutes before something sells. I see the first bid. That's I mean, you've got to deal with the weather. You've got to deal with, uh, is there other things going on that people aren't going to show up? Right. It, 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 you know, it's... Uh, we got to park all this stuff out. See, I don't have to. I can just leave all the stuff in my shed. Huh, and, yeah. uh, you know, there wasn't very much of it outside. You, you got to deal with all that. You got to deal with the traffic. Here we are sitting on a blacktop road with no shoulders. And, oh, my, what are we going to do with all these cars? Right. Well, you see, the online thing, it solves all those problems. Hmm. You, don't, you don't have to deal with it. And then when I see that the bidders, I mean, I had, I had a guy buy things from, Something from Oklahoma, mm. you know. I had phone calls from the Carolinas that were, uh, wow. you know, uh, down in Texas, Oklahoma, uh, all over. And I know those people were bidders up to a certain point, right. you know. Right. Yeah. That kind I, I just of, think that's the way it's going to go. I really do. Yeah. One thing I was have been struck by over the years, David, when we would, uh, I would go cover an auction or we'd film it for our TV show. And we'd be talking to the owner, you know, a guy like yourself who's selling, and it would be sale day. And it always seemed to me like in the 90 minutes or even 30 minutes before the sale, there were like 25 guys that needed to talk to you about maybe the mower or a truck or a, and you just, you didn't have, the seller didn't have time. And so people weren't able to get to the, you know, get their questions answered I'm kind of curious on your, now you had two preview days, right? Yeah, I don't know what they call them. I call them open house. Open I think house, they call yeah. them preview. I think it was the 10th and 11th. Okay. So it would have been uh, five and six days ahead of the auction. Okay. Now you, you beautiful line of equipment. And before we start our interview, David, I ran through to our listeners the very strong prices you got, you know, across the board. But on the preview days, did, did many people come out? Did you have a lot of conversations? The, yeah, we had quite a few came, especially the first day. Uh, it was nice weather that day. Uh, I was pretty busy. Uh, I can't imagine having to do all of this, you know, just the morning of the auction, like you right. just mentioned. I hadn't really thought about it that much, but I mean, I was I was busy all day long. Mm. People coming and and uh, and I had, uh, you know, I had plenty of time, pretty much, to spend with everybody. Right. Uh, there might be a second person waiting to look at something 
well, I was answering somebody else's questions on it, but for the most part, it just right. kind of flowed right through. The second day, it got a little rainy, and uh, we still had quite a few people came, okay. and uh, so that's that's how that was done. Um, a couple people drove the items, you know, if I want to drive a truck down the road, right. go drive a tractor down the driveway or whatever. Right. And, now, you were mentioning, David, in your note to me also that, uh, or maybe when we chatted before the interview started, but of your equipment, uh, a high percentage of it was picked up and gone, like, pretty quickly after the auction. Was Is that accurate? That, that's right. Uh, the auction company had two people here on the day of the auction, and then they had... Um, both of those people were here the next day, the day after the auction. And by the end of that day, after the auction, I think I thought two thirds of the stuff was picked up. Mm. And that really helped a lot. That took, right. that took a, a load off me. I was kind of worried about that. I didn't know how long, yeah, you don't want how it to long drag. that whole process would take. And it's right. just, just me here, uh, you know, it's, Anyway, it worked. It worked out pretty good. Of course, they had the, the lowdown equipment, you know, so I did, which I could have done, but mine mine would have been a little more crude than what they had. So right, right. That, that that helped a lot. And you say it was the farthest away. The buyer farthest buyer was from was it Oklahoma? Yeah, there was a fellow from Oklahoma bought two used front tractor tires. What tire? Wow! <laughs> <laughs> and drove all the way up from Oklahoma with his son. And when I quizzed him, no, he wasn't coming up to pick up anything else. He had no other thing to do on the journey but pick well, up these two used tractor tires. Hey, I guess in the days of a pandemic, you hop in the truck and go drive to Iowa. That's not a bad day or a couple of days. I guess not. I, <laughs> I, I just find it amazing he couldn't find used tractor front tractor tires in Oklahoma, but I guess it must have a shortage. <laughs> well, now that brings me to a point, David, about your equipment, which I've been covering auctions for 31 years and I've always uh, just found that uh, the history of care, when you when you can look at the equipment, it, it sort of lifts the wholesale. It gives potential buyers. Now, local people know you and Sharon. They know how you operate in the in your quality of equipment but um i mean i'm just looking at some of these prices like your that the 2001 john your 8110 4612 hours 92,500 bucks um what surprised what items surprised you most on the sale what they sold for well that one um i expected the 8400 tractor to beat the night the, the 8110 in fact at one point and i think it would have followed clear through the end i had more phone calls and more people looking at that 8400 than, than either one of the other two tractors at one point there was more people calling and looked at that 8400 than all of the other items of machinery added together wow and so i just expected it it just seemed like everybody wanted that but, uh, now, why? I mean, I have what I think. I know the reason to that interest, but in your mind, David, what what does that tell you about what people want out there? You know, so your your eighty four hundred is a ninety seven model, five thousand fifty three hours, neat as a pin. You think people just looking for that simpler 
older, reliable Well, tracker? I think that's the case. And, and as I said, a lot of the people that looked at this stuff were, were older farmers around, you know, my age. Now, certainly not everybody, but some mm-hmm. of them were. And uh, I know when I bought that newest tractor, I just had in my head, well, I don't want tractor with def, you know, the right. diesel exhaust fluid. And right. so that, that defined that year. Well, if you go back even farther to these generations of those tractors I had, yeah, they were they were computerized, but nothing like they are today. Right. And uh, I think if people can just find low hours and good care, uh, you know, th- those were some of the best tractors deer made in the last three or four decades, really right. since the 40 series. I think the 1000 series and the 10 series, uh, they just had a good reputation. And, and uh, Be curious to so. ask you, uh, David, something I've had a, a number of people ask me recently when we've been filming for our TV show on a tractor like your 8400. That's a 97 model. What is that? Two hundred and some two twenty five horse something like that. Yeah, two twenty five PTO, which today they would advertise as uh, what two sixty engine because right. everything's engine horse. You right, know? right. Okay, now that your eighty four hundred sold very strong, eighty seven five. That was the highest auction price in almost two years on eighty four hundred. Uh, do you think a tractor like that, two hundred plus horse, twenty years old like that, whether it's red or green? or blue or whatever. Do you think that tractor will ever be looked at with a collector's eye? I, yeah, I think it, I think it may be. In fact, there were a couple people that looked at that, I believe bid on it and they were, they were nostalgic. They'd moved on to newer. These were farmers that were my, they were older than me Yep. and they had moved on to newer tractors but they came and looked and said, you know, I wish I'd never got rid of my 8400. I saw you had one. Man, I just kind of like to buy that thing. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think that time will come. I, It's the one piece of equipment I had qualms about selling mm-hmm. myself. It's just something nostalgic about that. Just It was just one of the early, really big horse tractors that Deer had that right. got, had a good, good reputation. So. And did you buy that uh, new or used? David? I bought it brand new. New. Okay. Who was your dealer you bought it from back in the day? Well, Southern Implement, which uh, late in recent years sold out to Van Wall. But Van Wall. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. So do you think part of that connection you have to your 8400, I mean, so you that thing did the job for you for 23 years. Oh, yeah. Um, so that yeah, takes you it back. Was, it, it was the big horse. It was the one that did all the work, you know. Right. And, and, and even so, of course, it was kind of partly retired. The last few years, as we got more into no-till, and uh, yep. you know, we just didn't we just didn't do as much tillage. Right. And plus, I hired hired some of that done, you know. So right. we had kind of an easy life the last few years. But right. uh, well, let me yeah, let me it, pivot a little bit here to the emotion of the whole process from your end, the seller's end, David. I know in your note you mentioned um, it was a little difficult for you to see that eighty four hundred drive away. Um, that was your, your kind of favorite tractor? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Really, through the whole process, even people looking at stuff, mm-hmm. I would find myself, I realized how attached I was. I mean, I'm showing them all my service records where I wrote down every oil change that was ever done and everything that the dealer ever did. And, and I'm going through this stuff, and a lot of times it, 
they weren't interested in the details. All it was obvious that they could see that I'd done things right, right. took care of it. Yep. And but I, I I think that's probably where it started. I realized how much of a how much of a history I, you get with this equipment. Right. You own know, it so long, you take care of it. So yeah, that that was. Uh, in fact, I'll tell you, I won't tell you which tractor it was, but one of these tractors, well, it was one of the two older ones okay. that drove out of here. I ended up getting a phone call from the bidder or from the buyer the next day about an oil leak on it. And mm-hmm. my gosh, I just about, I just about uh, came unglued. I couldn't figure out what, you know, what had happened. Sure, so sure. Forth. My wife says, you got to let go of this stuff once you sell it. You don't, you don't have to keep following it along. But to this uh-huh. day, I wonder I wonder what that oil leak ended up being because it uh-huh. didn't have a drop under it around here. Uh-huh. Well, now you mentioned Sharon's advice to just let it go. Now, in your note to me, David, you did mention the combine. Maybe that was the one for Sharon, your wife, that had a little yeah, connection. Yeah, she, she told me. She, had a, she watched the whole process where we were loading it. And it was just before a heavy snowstorm, and uh, that the, they were they were we were loading it on the, the semi, you know, and uh, it took quite a while. And she's taking videos and stuff. And she, of course, she spent a lot of years beside that combine with a grain cart, you know. Right. And uh, yeah, she said she she teared up a little bit watching that thing leave. Mm. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, that and that's well, that combine heading to Indiana. So a long, long journey. But, yeah, the emotion is, is interesting. Uh, again, 30 years covering sales and talking to folks. Um, yeah, what, now, interesting, David, we're one month, we're like a month and two days after your auction. And I, you also had an interesting note to me. You said that your empty machinery building, your machinery oh, shed, yeah. that was yeah, difficult. That- that just that really hit me when uh, it took well it was about two it, almost everything was gone within a few days yep. but there was the combine and the newer tractor did not leave for two weeks um, and then they both left that morning of the when that heavy snow was coming and so then yeah later, I mean I still had a little bit of equipment and, but wasn't what that machine shed was empty yeah. and I think my lo- my loader tractor was sitting outside and I don't know the other stuff was in the shop and uh, I just thought man this this isn't good <laughs> and so but I still had some old machinery okay. that I had kept out in the weeds uh, that I you know I had an older disc actually it was in one of our landlady's sheds an older disc and there's still a plow up there I need to get I did have a bat wing mower and and one tractor and loader, probably the typical things that yep. Uh, yep. a retired farmer would keep. Too many pickups, and I just kind of started putting. I had a couple trailers that I'd never been able to keep indoors. Yep. So I just kind of spread that stuff out in that machine shed, and it started looking kind of like normal again. And <laughs> I, I, I don't worry so much about it now. It's awesome. I love it, David. Uh, and by the way, I don't think you can ever have too many pickups, can you? Really? Well, I don't think so. No, now, I really, I really don't. Now, this is a this is a loaded question here, David. But over your farming career, what has been your favorite pickup? Oh, I think probably one of the very earliest ones I had was probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the first one you drove? 
Yeah, I, my first four-wheel drive, this would have been a couple of years, well, let's see. I think it was a 76 Chevy four-wheel drive. Yeah. Three, three-quarter ton. That was about the year we got married or the year before that I bought it. What color and, was it? Uh, well, it was a kind of an ugly brown, kind of, kind of a... <laughs> brownish gold color that they had back then. Uh, I haven't ever seen that color since. But uh, interesting. Uh, so you feel you felt a little better when you got stuff kind of spread out in the shed again. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I, I did have uh, ideas. Maybe I'd buy a little nicer loader tractor too later on. So sure. uh, and it's kind of nice to not. You know, I used to have to store. The shop was always full of stuff, even because right. I didn't have enough room in the shed side so right. the shop side of the building was uh, now I can kind of leave it a little more open and right. uh, store stuff over on the other side right so David now we're a month after the auction here it is we're interviewing about middle of January and you're a central Iowa guy so you know you've lived the rhythms of farming the timing um, a month after your sale how are you guys feeling uh, I mean looking ahead you you were mentioning maybe it was not as much fun does it feel like a, a weight's been lifted how, how are you guys feeling well yeah i think so i you know we rented we rented the land on crop share and so i i could still keep my hand in on mm-hmm. marketing you know our half of the crop and that's uh and sure. i you know i enjoy that i can i can keep in touch as much as i want to yep. with with the production end uh no it's we feel really good about it we uh we we don't we don't have any oh there's moments there's moments when you you think man i didn't have to figure out seed corn varieties this year (laughs) you know wonder if wonder if the tenant's picking the right soybean variety you know (laughs) but they're just they're just moments and uh yeah. We'll go on to something else. We got more time to spend doing some other things that uh, I've yeah. never had to, to time to fully enjoy or fully do. So, well, David, now this is something I've been interested to again get tried to get more information out because for thirty years I, I go around the country and you visit with people thinking about having sales, and there's not a lot of insider info here. What? Any pieces of advice that you would have going, having gone through the process, coming out the other side, that you would, you know, in speaking to farmers, thinking about their retirement? I don't oh know. gosh, I, I, I don't know. If I, I think, uh, I think in our case where we, I don't know, it's a tough thing to say. We started backing off a little early let a few acres go, quit spraying, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. or I don't know if I mentioned it to you here, but we've talked about it, sold the sprayer. I think maybe that helped us realize, uh, you know, just helped us realize just how darn busy we were, right. how nice it was, for example, to to not have to do all the spraying and then maybe not have to do all the tillage, hire some of that done. And so there was that was a little preliminary glimpse, maybe kind of dip your toe a little bit, yeah. Yeah, and of course, there's usually in our case there would be, and for most people, there's maybe the opportunity to 
to you know drive a tractor for somebody else if that's your desire, your right. tenant or or a neighbor. Uh, so you kind of keep your hand in that way if that's what you want to do. Right. Um, you know, there just comes a time when uh, it just isn't as much fun anymore, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I'm just looking forward to that. I think I think it's going to be a little more enjoyable, a lot a lot less stress now. And, I don't know. As far as advice, I, there's a lot of good auction companies, I'm sure. Uh, and I don't mean to say earlier I was kind of down on live auctions, but uh, you know, I think as long as there's a, an online presence, uh, I hope live auctions don't go away. Yeah. Um, if a person, I, I still think an auction's the best way to go. Just whatever type of auction, do it and get it done and be done with it. I, I personally, I, that, okay, that worked for me. Right. That worked for us. I think I'm the kind of guy, if I had to start selling stuff myself piece by piece, it just took me forever. And, and, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, well, I, I whatever, think... whatever way you decide to go, just go with it. If you got to, you right. gotta sell piece by piece. That's fine too. So. Sounds like uh, when we were visiting David, uh, you you guys were doing sort of what would be a general theme, a successful theme I've found over the years. I mean, listening to yourself, how you're feeling about your situation, which it sounds easy to say. It's it's kind of harder to do, I think, because we we all are in our paths in our lives, and but to to take a moment and think about it so you knew it was right and uh no hats off to you and sharon for your career david and i do have to bring up too you guys proved what i've been saying for 31 plus years here david that it it literally pays to take great care of your machinery because your equipment was you know it wasn't the lowest hour stuff uh but boy it was well cared for and and sold fantastic. Was that always a piece of your farming uh, mentality to to give your equipment that great care, David? Well, I mean, we we that's just part of farming, as far as I was concerned. Mm-hmm. You just you just always maintain it like uh, you just you just do it like you're going to keep it forever because yeah. you, you may have to. Yep. You know, you may have to keep it a long time. Yep. And you just uh, you know, even up to this last season you know when we were having the combine worked over and it was this that or the other that was kind of optional whether you fix it or not um, we know we're just going to use it for one season no you just go ahead and fix it right. I mean that's just uh, that's just how we always did things right so long term approach yeah that's just the way it was and so uh, uh-huh. I think it was a, it was smart to do all these years just from the just to get the work done. Right. Well, David... And, and yeah, it, it paid off in the end, and I, I, right. I didn't really expect it to pay off that good. That wasn't really why we did it, but I'm glad we did. Well, David, I, yeah, I have to compliment you and Sharon on your timing. <laughs> For, uh, I mean, gosh, the market's doing what they did here, fall right up through December into, into 2021. Uh, it was a good time. If you were going to sell, uh, mid-December of 20 was a was an awful good time wasn't it yeah it really was and of course a lot of that is it's sometimes it's better to be lucky than smart and i think we just were we were just blessed that it was, yeah. it was kind of a 
perfect storm. Farmers sure. had plenty of cash. And, uh, right. And, and it, it just worked out. Well, your equipment was the, it's the kind of equipment that I've seen still attract a premium no matter what's happening in the farm economy because of that care you guys gave to it. But David, I, I appreciate your, your openness for this conversation, and I'm, I'm hoping that it can really help people all across the farm spectrum as they think about down the road their own retirements. And, uh, yeah, I just thank you again and wish you and Sharon a, a happy retirement. Thank you. Gloss products are an engineered mix of efficiency, precision, convenience, and reliability, all in the same package. But they aren't for everyone. They're for those who know the numbers that drive their operation and are interested in making them even better. They're for those with a plan. If you plan to get more out of your farming operation, take a closer look at Kloss for brighter solutions and better business results. Contact your Kloss dealer today. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with David McCubbin uh, from Marshalltown, Iowa, about his uh, auction last month. Fascinating discussion there. And really what it kind of reminds me of and, and what I miss through the pandemic here is, in, in a lot of cases, not being able to go out to a physical auction. And for the, on the one hand, yeah, it's fun to go out and watch stuff sell and shoot YouTube video and all that. But what I miss mostly is just talking to the people. Because um, wherever I've gone all these years, in the last 11 and a half years on YouTube, in particular in our TV show, it's just being out of the sale, talking to people. Because frankly, I learn so much if I'm in Michigan or Nebraska or Kentucky, whatever, you know, local farmers coming up and we just visit. And I always come away with story ideas, but also just insights into what farmers are thinking or farm equipment dealers or auctioneers. And I miss that. So it was fun talking to David. It kind of reminded me of like standing out at the sale, uh, shooting the breeze. Hey, hey, Pete, how you doing? I'm David. Hey, David, nice to meet you. And then we chat. So again, it's kind of the fun of the podcast, kind of this longer format. But again, I hope you enjoyed the conversation, folks. And again, we appreciate your support of our Machinery Pete podcast. Please tell your friends family members and friends to give us a listen. You can find it uh, right on machinerypeat.com. Just click on the video social link and scroll down. You'll see our podcast link there or find us out there anywhere where you listen to your podcast and give us a, a like, click on the rating and subscribe so you can catch future updates. we got some fun topics coming up. And remember folks, as we wade into 2021 here, uh, our country is a little, well, not a little. We're kind of broken and divided, but let's try to listen to each other. Um, I don't mean to be Pollyanna-ish here, but another reason I miss the auction is because you stand there and talk to people, and we can have very different viewpoints on things, but being together talking and, and more importantly listening is really, I think, what's needed right now. We all kind of retreat to our own echo chambers and and blast away, and it feels good. But I think if you're like me, in your gut, you know that something is off here, and we need. I think we can start to crawl our way out of it, but it's going to entail, um, you know, kind of getting together and listening a little bit. So anyway, sorry for my <laughs> my off-topic message there, but uh, again, I, I hope you're doing well here in 2020, 2021. And remember, folks. Every day, no matter how difficult, truly is a gift and a blessing. We'll see you next time back here on the Machine Repeat Podcast.